I don't know a lot about it now, Clay, and I'm I'm obviously going to embarrass myself just by bringing it up in the first place. But I do find mysteries like Roanoke Island to be kind of captivating and interesting. Mm. They're one of those um, they're those stories that when they do eventually, if they ever do figure out the truth, it's going to be a huge letdown <laughs> that it's not nearly as mysterious as what actually yeah. you know you can kind of think about what happened. But um. Roanoke Island, correct me if I'm wrong, it's just a, a colony in America's back when America was being colonized that uh, just kind of disappeared one year. Like they, uh, people went and dropped them off. They came back the next year to settle with more settlers or something, and then the whole town was deserted. That's my understanding of it. And they're kind of unsure what happened to this day, although it seems like either starvation or Indian attack or something like that took care of everybody. But uh, I don't know if you have any Roanoke info to fill in or anything like that, but that's the best I can do to lead into this episode is to talk about the actual thing that inspired it. Yeah, those things I've always been fascinated by. Those I love them. You know, as much as sci, as much as science and fact is like great, it's always a letdown. You're right. Like it's I don't want to know what happened to the to that group. I don't want to find out that ah they ran out of food and they died. Yeah, you know, like because the the most. <laughs> The most captivating thing about it is not only did they come back and there was nobody there, there was a word carved into a tree, I think, yeah. that just said yeah. Croatoa or Croatoan or something like that. And it, I, it, that, that's as, that's, uh, really interesting and creepy as hell. Right. You know, yeah. and, uh, I, I know the other, the other, the other possible, uh, solution is that they actually meshed with the Indian tribe. Mm-hmm. Which I may have actually been called the Croatoans. I'm not sure. I don't remember. But uh, uh, that that became part of the urban legend where it was like years later, some Indians from the uh, sorry Native Americans from that uh, surrounding tribe were seen to have, have like blonde hair and blue eyes or something like right. that. <laughs> so, which which that stuff's really interesting. I yeah. find you know that's why that's why I love the Loch Ness monster because they're never going to solve it. And and when they when they do, it's so underwhelming that you're like, no, that's not it. Mm-hmm. Can't be that. Can't be just a a really uh, a really amorous eel or something. Yeah, or just a, a submarine with a plaster uh, face put on top of it that someone's driving yeah. it around. Yeah, yeah, it's a. Uh, I guess I guess letdown is a good way to. I, I guess learning about the truth being a letdown is a good way to kind of uh, make this analogous to this episode because once we figure out the truth, it is kind of a bit of a letdown. But let's take a break. It makes sorry. I was just going to say, like as as great as it is to to know the facts about stuff like that, uh, I do think it makes the world feel smaller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it just it makes things feel really finite and really real. And taking away all of the fun and mystery to stuff like that just makes you realize that this is pretty much it. <laughs> that's kind of the, that's kind of the basis of conspiracy theory, though, isn't it? That it's right. like the yeah. truth can yeah. the truth is too boring. Therefore, something more exciting yeah. must have happened. Yeah, yeah. And now that we've started this on on a on a downer, let's move into the actual episode. I that's guess. Right. <laughs> Which is all up. We're going to talk about Terra Nova. We'll take a break, play a quote from the episode, and then we will be be back to break it down. What makes you think we're here to hurt you? Humans hurt Novans. Why do you think that? They gutted us. Our families. Our before families. I don't understand. Poison rain. I was no taller than a digger, but I can still see back. We lived on the overside, then the humans dropped the poison, burned our skin, gutted the grown ones. There was no place to go but here. 
Okay, so Terra Nova is the sixth episode of the first season, aired on October 24th, 2001. Teleplay goes to Antoinette Stella. Story credit goes to Rick Berman and Brandon Braga, directed by LeVar Burton. Unknown dates in universe. In this episode, Enterprise investigates the mystery of a lost Earth colony whose inhabitants disappeared decades before. But that doesn't mean that they left. So this is the Terra Nova where Archer and crew go out to find the long-lost colony of Terra Nova, and then they solve a mystery and uh, pull a guy out from underneath the tree. <laughs> the, the very end of it. This is a, this isn't a really good episode. This is um. This is, I don't know if this is just an example of a script where they had a cool idea and had no idea how to wrap it up. Uh, yeah, halfway it through. really feels like that. Yeah. It, it just, it, it, it really completely falls apart. And it's also one of those bad episodes where it's so bad that I start really going critical on the setup of everything, where I'm like, mm. is where, where I, I spend this going, is 70 years really enough time for this to all have happened? That was the same thing I was thinking. I was like doing the math in my head, and it was like, imagine that that old lady is Bernie Sanders or something. <laughs> like, is 70 years en- is enough time for, for Bernie Sanders to, to talk about, like, the, the 40s as though it was 5,000 years ago? Well, also, so he'll stop. He won't know the word for, like, the ground or caves. He'll, he'll, right. he'll, call, he'll call, like, sun, like, it, burning orb and things like that. Yeah. It, it feels like... Yeah. So the setup to this seems like... It's a cool setup. The Roanoke, the Roanoke analogy thing is is cool, um, but it feels like a something they've done a hundred times before on Star Trek. Whether it's where it's like, oh, we found this colony, and it's it actually turns out to be people, and it's well, but it's a first contact technically because they've been here. So like one of those things. Um, but the the thing that really makes it fall apart is they end up doing so much backflipping to make the the like lord of the flies type people work in the time span that they've given that it just gets really kind of weird and convoluted because the way that they were talking about stuff the way that the 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 novens i guess is what they're called right yep. novens yep. the way that they were talking about humans i was like oh these must be the natives to this planet that makes sense mm-hmm and the then, Indians then Archer, in the Roanoke uh, analogy, right? Yeah. yeah, and then Archer was like, "No, you guys are human. You're like us." And like, and I'm like, "What?" But it's it's like seventy years. So this, and it's asteroid- only one. It's one. It's basically the elder generation has not died out yet. So it's not like right. you've gone through multiple generations where they've forgotten where they came from. They. The people who are the elders of the society were children when the spaceship landed in the first place. Right. And, like, there were apparently enough children that they could procreate twice over. And, and enough extremely competent four-year-olds that were running yeah. around where they, they somehow managed yeah, to build the, a society. That's the other thing is, like, in order for this to work, they have to backflip into, oh, an asteroid hit the planet and killed all the adults. But it's like, so then, yeah, so then this, it was like 70 years ago and the colony has been there for 70 years? Yes. Or it's been 70 years since they heard from people. I can't remember. No, it's been there 70 years, I think. So this, yeah. if if that's what it is. Because the, the, the girl is 70, so she, I mean, the, the, 
the girl, the main character female of the Novens was a child when this happened, and she looks about seventy. So, sure, okay. So the asteroid hit the planet seventy years ago. So that means that the colony was only there for like six months. Yes, they said there was extremely bad timing in the episode. They just showed up and immediately yeah. got hit by a uh, comet. Yeah, and so so it's like it's weird that it was they were there long enough to build a society and also get pissed off at humans back on earth yes and then they all got wiped out by an asteroid and the children who were there which apparently there was a bunch of them yeah uh unless that unless those 58 people are all inbreds um that they managed to survive and also it's like i i feel like they end up making it the kid thing because they have to explain how they could forget so much earth stuff yep. so quickly it's like oh well if they're kids they never learn the earth stuff so blah 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 blah. It which just is feels which like is a just lot shocking of- i mean if but the you're, you're battling two things here the children are so young that they do not basically understand anything about language in terms of english where they can they hear the, they overhear their parents saying these goddamn humans and they don't yeah. associate humans with themselves so they're that young right. that this is the problem which which shouldn't make any which doesn't super make sense because the uh uh Nadette uh in a in a reveal worthy of Zardoz to actually be named <laughs> Bernadette um she she is old enough in that picture that Archer shows her that she looks like she's I don't know like eight yeah i would have thought seven or eight in that picture. so she's old enough to understand stuff yep. to an extent yep and so like it, it does make it that much more interesting and kind of backflippy and convoluted that she being the elder of this group is like yeah i don't know what humans are but clearly they're bad right you know i overheard my parents I guess, talking about it yeah yeah her, i guess her home life was just made up of her father just ranting about the government back on earth yeah i mean they're young enough to not be able to understand that fundamental concept that they are human and that their parents are yeah. talking about people yeah. that are like them and but they're also sophisticated enough to survive as a colony like they yeah they created a society somehow without knowing anything else or any kind of language skills or anything like that they it's just so the setup is just so broken and it's one of those things like if the idea was really cool or if what they were doing was playing around you'd kind of be like ah whatever that's like it's kind of a strange setup but the idea is fun but they they really don't do anything with it whatsoever and it it just turns into it's an episode that gives you about three or four head fakes about oh this is what the episode's going to be and then it doesn't do any of them and it just goes into a action finale like a really half-assed action finale it does really feel like once they got into that, uh, when they land the the shuttlecraft, the shuttlecraft f- falls into the earth and collapses, and then a tree falls on a guy. <laughs> it really, it really did feel like you, they got to the point in the script where they had exhausted all their ideas for the concept, and they were like, "We still got like five to six minutes left. We got to do something." Yeah, but and even when the guy's stuck under the tree, the way that they have them talk uh, is funny. He says something like, "The tree has sealed me down." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's broken really, my leg has become <laughs> it is um you know I, it's a it's an episode that i do i do enjoy the setup i'm, I'm I honestly I shocked hate it go ahead i no, i was just i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off i was just, i was just said i didn't i i didn't hate it it was the entire episode you know, or just the setup no the the whole thing like okay. it gets kind of silly at the end but like I don't think that I didn't think this was like a one of the worst Star Trek episodes I've ever seen. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. No. Uh it's it's like a 
it's more of a letdown than anything. Sure, like I'm, sure. I'm, I'm honestly, I think the biggest problem is that honestly, I'm surprised that they didn't have anywhere to go with it. Like they, they bring up this thing about there's this possible plot line about whether or not it's appropriate for Archer to forcibly bring them back, right? Like, which is my favorite part of the episode for two reasons, and I'll I'll let you know what those are when you're done. It, so, to Paul and Archer are talking to each other, and uh, Archer there. What you think he's going to, because Archer there kind of shows the problems that he's shown as a character, not problems, but his like his bad characteristics as a person are he's kind of naive about what he's doing. So he's, as Mm -hmm. he's trying to figure out this like issue that they've never had to deal with before, he comes, he comes across as a little bit of a, a little bit of like a fascist in some ways. Like he, he's talking about sort of forcibly taking them. They have a right to do this. Like this is destiny. This is what needs to happen. And to Paul kind of pushes back against him and they abandon that. And then you think that they're going to do something about like learning to trust each other, which is not really what it's about either at the end. And then it just turns into the tree thing. But it's 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 a head faker of an episode because you think that there's so much they can do with it that they really don't choose to do anything with it, surprisingly. Yeah. The reason I like that scene, <clears throat> excuse me, is um, from the Archer standpoint, uh, I really like the way that they set him up in this episode as – uh, I, I forget exactly what the um, what the scene is, but he has that line where he says, "If I can't make first contact with other humans, then what are we doing out here?" Essentially, yep. Yep. right? Like, it, this is this should be a slam dunk to be able to go down, see what's going on, and then you know do do the job that he's going to have to do, talking to Klingons and Vulcans. Et cetera, this is et cetera. the easiest version of his job, and if right. he can't do it, what good is he? Right. And the scene, that scene with T'Pol, I, I like because he is, uh, he's reacting in a very um, uh, human sort of way to the situation where he's, I think, I think that scene is, is flawed uh, structurally in terms of like the things that are at play. But I do like what, I do like the angle they have him coming at it from as, as being sort of like, well, why can't we just take them out of there? What I wish they had done is I wish they had made Archer – again, I think the biggest problem with the show so far, for me anyway, is that they have all these teachable moments for Archer and he never learns anything from them. Right. So like in this situation, I wish it had been Archer saying, gee, these guys are descended from humans but they're really not humans. They're not human. I mean, they're not from Earth. They're not Earthlings anymore. This is their planet. I can't. I can't just take them out of here. That wouldn't be the right thing to do. I don't know what the answer is. And then he comes to this conclusion, which is like a really easy conclusion that should have been at the top of the list. Is just you know move you know a hundred miles to the south. You fucking morons. <laughs> but like that, like the, 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 this, this group of natives don't even think to do that. That's what. Yeah. That's I what, just- that's how humans on Earth existed for like two thousand years until they invented. <laughs> you just like, leave the area that's bad yeah. and you try to move somewhere good. Yeah, exactly. Uh, as soon as it got cold, everybody moved to the south for six months. Like it's birds. only been seventy years, Clay. They can't make that much distance. I mean, yeah, that apparently, time. I'm sorry. They couldn't. Ev- they could evolve. They could evolve their entire way of being, but not that. <laughs> um, and I, I wish they had had him go through that thought process, uh, where it's like he's learning about what first contact means in this situation and, and what is the what is the best way to go about it. 
The other reason that's my favorite scene is because T'Pol continues to be my favorite character on the show so far because her first, when he's like, how do we get them out of there? And her first answer is throw stun grenades at them. <laughs> <laughs> she's such a bitch. It's, it's hilarious. She, she's, she's, she's just like being such an asshole to him in such a perfect Vulcan way where she's like, well, if this is the road you want to go down, I'll tell you how you could do it. Yeah. We throw stun grenades at them and forcibly remove them from the caves. And he's like, no, we can't do that. And she uses that as like a backhanded way of being like, well, we can't. Yeah, there's a reason we can't do that. And it's not the stun grenades. It's this stuff. Yeah, and it's just it's. I thought that scene was was great. It's again, it's not like like is it capital G good? Probably not, but I really enjoyed it. I mean, I, if I'm if I'm understanding canon right at this point, they don't have the prime directive right, so they 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 can't call what they're talking about the prime directive at this point because right. they haven't formalized right. that concept. What what I think the episode doesn't do is that I'm. I'm happy there there wasn't a scene where he was like conflicted about what to do, and he's like, I wish there was some sort of. Initial rule, prime <laughs> directive of some prime sort. Direction, um, the the like the the episode to me is it should be an examination of whether or not the idea that will become the prime directive applies in this case. Sure, right? Yeah, like, and they, they've done that before in Star Trek. They've talked about whether or not the prime directive applies to humans in TNG episodes, and they kind of waffle on it. But I think that this episode, the setup here is better than any of the stuff that they did in TNG because TNG, when they went down to meet those planets, the humans were basically just normal humans who were unaware of what the situation was. So they were able to handle it. But here, as um, T'Pol says, it's more about destroying their culture, which is the problem with what they're trying to do by rescuing them. And I think that... If you want to do this as Archer learns a lesson, this episode should kind of be a downer where Archer rescues these people, right? They're like, they like they do the uh, stun grenade thing and they beam them all up. And as they're bringing them back to Earth, the final scene is just them, Archer kind of going in and talking to them, be like, oh, you know, it's going to be great. You'll be able to go home and everything like that. And them all being crestfallen that they've been taken sure. away from where they have lived their entire lives. And I think yeah. that that is the downerness of what Archer does there where Archer can reflect on he made the wrong decision here and that things are more complicated than what he thinks are going to be going on is Mm -hmm. the only way the episode can go instead of trust me to shoot this tree off this guy and then we will get out of here (laughs) and I will leave you behind and we'll all be happy. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they should have gone that far with it just because the idea of Get bringing them all back onto the ship and then flying them back to Earth is a lot of backtracking as far as like what they're doing in the concept of the show. Like the, the idea, it's if I was to Paul, I'd be like, "You're gonna fit 58 people. We got there's nobody, there's no room for these people. We got to fly like six months to get back to Earth. Yeah, what are you gonna do with these people on the ship that whole time? Like that should have been part of her argument. Um, <clears throat> but I do like what you're saying, where like he tries to do the what he thinks is the right thing, and it turns out being not the right thing for the people he's doing it for yeah it, it's just another i because I, I do like the idea of archer continually learning lessons at least in this first season about what the uh the right thing to do and the wrong thing to do and why sometimes what he thinks the right thing to do is actually the wrong thing to do in its place and 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 they do it they do it again in this episode that it's really like the fact that he doesn't learn anything like we don't get the sense that he learns anything really uh i find very frustrating and they do it again in this episode where they have that final scene where they're all eating dinner 
and it's sort of like uh you know uh kind of episode ending where they kind of chuckle about having travis write the report yeah and they don't even talk about what just happened yeah like the they solve the the implications yeah Yeah, the the humanity is lost in the fact that they they put a period on the end of the story of terra nova yeah it's like they they finish what happens there and then archer just goes into his room and like he does that miming of shooting a basketball and having it go in because he's so happy that he just like slam dunked that yeah um but it's 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 I, I wish there was a little bit more reflection as to as to what just happened in these episodes because they they did that so well in Deep Space Nine and, and TNG and they have yet to really do it here. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's surprising. The, based on almost explicit, almost exclusively on the fact that Archer seems to be making questionable decisions a lot of the time, um, you think they would kind of bring that up? The the other thing that beyond the seventy year old, like how is seventy years enough time for all of this to fall down to have uh, gone down? The other thing that the badness of the episode makes me think about is um, they keep referring to Terra Nova as like the great mystery of their time. Like it's up there with like Amelia Earhart and things like that. Mm -hmm. The mystery is just no one's picking up the telephone. You, like they, they, they never made it to this planet to find out that where all the people were missing. They don't know anything. They might. The mystery That's, might just be the fact that like their communications broke down, you know. Yeah. The the best part of that whole thing is when they're like, yeah. And no one ever found out what happened to them. And I think it's to Paul is like, why didn't you just send another ship and they're like, the Vulcans, why didn't you ask the Vulcans to go? Yeah, yeah. and they're like, why don't you just why didn't you or why didn't the Earthling send another ship and Arch is like, ah, it's a long trip. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's you the know? other thing that you think the episode is almost maybe going to be about because when they reveal that they got there and the comet wiped them out or whatever, Tripp has this really sort of profound line. He's like, nine years of travel, all to be wiped out in a blink. What was it even mm. for? And you're like, oh, is that what the episode is about? And it's, it's not about that whatsoever. But and it, they, yeah. they, they also do this bit where the, uh, the, the Novans are talk, they're talking about humans as though the appearance of humans is what caused them to die or something. Yes. And I found that very confusing. And they again, they try to backflip that by explaining it with the uh, the recording of the the parents, I guess. But it's like these people have these kids, these Novans have not seen humans. I don't know where they would get the idea or why the original Novans would would jump to the conclusion that humans caused them to be killed. Like that's why I thought that they were natives. Right, Be- and and there was some sort of clash between the natives and and the uh, the humans because that that um, hostility towards humans it seemed kind of out of nowhere, and I don't think the recording really does enough to explain it. No, I think you're just supposed to assume that the language they were using was that their parents were like these these humans. They, for some reason, they're calling them humans. They're they're like these humans are going to come and. Uh, just to destroy there is that why they call it um is that why they keep saying get gutted because are they are the parents basically using language like they're going to gut the colony and things like that like, i guess yeah like i i'm tr- I, I kept trying to wrap my mind around what the evolution of this this new quote unquote species would be and it's like imagine if you founded if you if you founded uh a new race of people and set up your uh uh your essentially your like uh religious system for lack of a better explanation over a phone call that your dad made where he was yelling about his work yeah yeah you know and it's 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 difficult to really kind of like extract like you as an eight-year-old 
found a tape of your dad yelling about his boss at work yeah. and you're like this is the, the, the this is the the method by which we were destroyed it's almost i mean it's it's almost more like your your father was arguing with the insurance company about a copay yeah. that they're not paying yes. or something yeah. like <laughs> and you just built your entire it's like behold the awful premium. The, the humans are trying to bleed me dry every day. It's bleed me dry. I pay. I pay weekly. Um, yeah, I. I he he seems to be dying. He has the premium. <laughs> Please, deductible. the premium is the, the premium is that, that's what it's the deductible. Yeah. <laughs> he has the deductible. The deductible is killing him. It it is really, it is really really. Um, uh, a terribly flawed idea and it's just so sad i mean there's really i don't really have much else to say about this one i i like the setup i like kind of the whole way that it goes through i think it's a terrible ending and i think that just the the idea that 70 years have passed and these people are fundamentally different than what they were is just a very strange thing although the um show continues in a positive sense to be very creepy uh where yeah yeah the, when they find the novens in the cave it's a very effective creepy scene yeah, that's that stuff was was pretty good. Um, yeah, like I didn't I didn't hate this overall. Uh, I think the first half is definitely. I think it's good ish up until they really start talking to the Novins, and then once all that starts stuff starts coming out, it 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 starts falling apart for me. Yeah, um, I th- I think they're like the Novins themselves are like one more. Uh, pass away design wise from looking cool yeah like i liked i liked the paint stuff on their face i bet i bet the concept sketch for this thing looked amazing Mm -hmm. but the like the that like i couldn't tell if the the, their faces are scales or if it was supposed to be mud yeah i think it's i think it's um, mud but the i think the enterprise crew themselves think that they look reptilian i think yeah and uh the armor thing was kind of cool but they still they still look like you know star trek planet people where they have a, a, an odd sense of you know an odd but strangely complete sense of how clothing works yep uh like they they managed to figure out sewing and stuff over the last 70 years which i mean good for them um and the uh the apparently they only eat armadillos which is which is yes. <laughs> diggers Another, I like the uh, the puppetry scene of they, when Archer sees the thing uh, digging through the ground or whatever. Yeah, that's uh, yes. Yeah, I don't know. I, I there's not really. I don't really have much else to say about this one. Do you have anything else you want to say? Um, not really. You know, it's one of those. I think what's interesting about this is it runs into that problem that I feel like we've we've talked about multiple times on uh, more I think more TNG the deep space 9 cuz they didn't go to a lot of new planets in deep space 9 but the the planets always are the problem is always localized to a single community and they never address the fact that there is an entire world that this community is in mm-hmm. so it's <clears throat> in this ep- in this episode they actually do that and they use it as the solution to the problem. So it's like, oh, well, this is a giant world. This radiation isn't everywhere. If we just move them to the Florida Keys, they'll be fine. Yeah. But it doesn't – like it's weird how opening up your your sphere of your environment like that does bring in certain questions that maybe don't apply to these small when – they, when they handle these things more locally, such as – 
are there other natives on this planet? Right. Are there animals on this planet other than armadillos? If they move them to the Florida Keys, are they going to be eaten by the native gigantic human-eating birds that live there? Right. I mean, it, it, this, these aren't really like important questions, but it's one of those things where it's like you've got this small localized story that your solution involves bringing it into a lar- into the larger world that it inhabits, and they don't really even like casually even address any of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like my solution for that, I think. Like, if you take them off the planet, I think that fixes everything like that. You, you'd probably have to deal with how are they going to get them home in a reasonable amount of time or why is the Enterprise going back to Earth um, so mm. quickly. But I don't know. You say you drop them, and they do drop it. them off. Usually when they do stuff like this, it's usually like either or. It's either they stay and they get destroyed because the world is going to blow up or something, or they leave and whatever and yep. it's always like oh we don't want to leave well you're going to be destroyed well, well we don't want to leave though but this one it's like no if we just you know if we just move two states over we'll be fine yeah so it's it's a it's a weird it is it is a strangely cliche uh or i should say familiar star trek episode but the specifics of it are just kind of weird and and convoluted and, and don't really mesh i think the way that they could yeah yeah they took a they took a stock story and kind of ended it badly but uniquely in some ways like it's yeah you can't yeah. say that star trek has ever done this before the way they they That's say true. move down the block yeah. a little bit it's just um it's just narratively unsatisfying because it's so the resolution of the novan conflict doesn't really amount to anything other than solving the problem for them of how they're going to stay alive like the the, right. the solution, the the fact that it falls off of whether or not it's good to take them back so quickly, back to Earth or take them home or whatever, is a very strange step where it, it, the script doesn't want to deal with that for some reason. Like if they have a scene with Archer and Paul talking about it. You don't even really have a scene where Archer says, never mind, I'm going to I'm going to go back on what I thought earlier. He just kind of adopts a new line of thinking. And it's in the same scene. Yeah, it's it's he goes from. This is what I'm going to do. And to Paul's like, sure, we can do that if you want to be a. I mean, it's going to be kind of suck for everybody. You can do it. And then he's like, yeah, you're right. Maybe we should do this instead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't know. It's it's a little bit of a letdown. Let's take a break. Yeah, we'll play a, a quote from the episode. We'll come back. We'll read some patron thoughts and give our final thoughts about Terra Nova. Ever heard of Judge Crater? Crater disappeared in the early 20th century. How about Amelia Earhart? No. 1937. Never found a trace of her. A lot of people spent years, decades, trying to figure out what happened to them. But neither of those mysteries holds a candle to Terra Nova. And we solved it. Did more than that. Those people were a year or two away from extinction. We didn't just find them. We saved their lives. All these years, wondering about that colony... I never thought I'd become a part of their history. If you enjoyed the content today, you can support the show at patreon.com slash the Penske file. It's the best way to do that. A couple dollars a month gets you extra stuff. This month, we're going to be talking about Brightburn, Clay. That won the poll. Ooh. So the movie Brightburn, where evil has a superhero from 2019. So if you're interested in our coverage of that, you can sign up at patreon.com slash the Penske file. And as always, our Captain Tier supporters get a special shout out. 
Special thanks go to Andrew Cherlog, Ben Douglas, Cardinal Doomsday, Chris Tinsley, Christian Michaels, Christian Pouch, Darth Moss, David Beermore, David Kay, Dwayne Hackett, Eric Johnson, HH28, Jacob123, Jakey's Gamer, Joint Mango, Jordan Cooper, Kevin Reyes, Cal Barrett, Mad Courier 6, Matt Cutler, Matt Houston, Matt Ross, Mike Burnett, Nathan Elliott, Neil Brennan, Nick Sergi, Robert Cummins, Russell Owens, Samuel Custer, Grim Santo, Sean, Stephen Minton, Tark Latif, Tom Howes, and Vault 13 Hero. Thank you very much for supporting the show. And as always, we'll read patron comments. If you're a patron at the uh, the $5 tier, you get to leave your thoughts about upcoming episodes and we'll read them. Matt Ross says, I really wanted to like Terra Nova. It has all the right elements to pique interest of a lost human colony and the mystery of what happened for over 70 years. But the almost Flintstone speech patterns of the Novans with dirt and rock euphemisms was complete shale and mud and ridiculous. So yes, I can see the character Bernadette being a debt as a nickname, but Ackery? Come on. When you need a backwards speaking... <laughs> I forgot about Ackery. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you need a backwards-speaking native, you can't go wrong with Eric Avari as Nadette's son, whether in Stargate or here. I also don't buy that the Novans didn't think that they were humans and Archer's guessing is a big stretch. I can see fear of Earthers. So basically, you have a society of conservative paranoids that are screaming, get off my land, have space skills, but have never heard of asteroids. Right. T'Pol argues that reintroducing the colonists to a human society would destroy their identity and culture. What culture? They're probably going to be dead soon anyway, if even if you moved as per flocks and you can't save everyone. Free land. The Novans suddenly remember that it was the past and the sun rem- the Novan sudden remembering of the past and change of heart was so cliche as to not be believable. Despite these major shortcomings, it was ably acted, and some of the points were interesting, but the story not so much. Luckily, we don't have to track that digger meat ever again as the crew quickly warps away. Yeah, I think that's also an interesting thing too. Where that I feel like they 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 end up falling into this hole on Star Trek sometimes, where literally, yeah, where Starfleet solves the problem of whatever this uh, uh, village is or that's under duress, but they don't actively like make their lives any better. Yeah, you know, like there's no in this one. It's it, it, he, he's probably right where they're probably within like 10 years of everybody just dying the genetic like they're, they're, inbreeding they're not, must be the genetic inbreeding yeah. is going to hit them at some point yeah yeah they're not flourishing as a society and it's it's too bad that one of part of the solution isn't archer being like you know i know this is where they this is their home but they were never given a chance to thrive so what if we is there any way we could like fix up their town or something, you know, something like that where it's like they give them the pieces to get to, to thrive as a society instead of just transplanting them into a different set of caves. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like, um, I don't know if it kind of flies in the face that the Novans are a culture now and you can't really change them. But if you, if the enterprise almost restarted the colony the way that it was supposed to be, you know, to mm. like the, the enterprise mission is to sort of reboot this settles uh, this settlement or something like that. I I think the Novans are too far gone for that to really happen, but you could make some kind of analogous um, like effort in that way to sort of help them. Right. It's it's nice because Enterprise being earlier is the one series where you don't run into why don't they just give these poor people replicators? I, I know, think. yeah. So yeah. they they do have a little bit of an out in that the Enterprise is the most limited of all the series that can actually do something for these people. Yeah, I was thinking that too about how in TNG it's always like, well, we've saved them for now, but 
their foods their food supply is going to run out in 50 years and they're like yeah it's too bad and nobody's like you know we got like six of these replicators we yeah, only we, need like two of them really have, they, they've developed a source of infinite energy then they just never yes. give anybody any kind of like dilithium <laughs> reactor to power their city or whatever well you got to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps right Point Extra G says, an, enterprise, uh, an episode that takes advantage of Enterprise's premise, it's something you'd expect the first Warp 5 ship to do. It's decently put together. Eric Avari makes everything he is in instantly better. He's one of my favorite. Hey, it's that guy. Next comment is Alex Bogut. Terra Nova, a great premise as to how Earth began colonizing space, but flawed execution as to why, the, as to why did the Novans assume they were being attacked by Earth. Got a feeling of a bad fan version of TOS as Archer tries to be Kirk. His discussion with T'Pol was the most interesting scene. And then, is this the final one? No. Kyle Barrett says, Last podcast, Clay was wondering where the bad episodes were. Well, here's one. It's not totally terrible with the Roanoke concept and Archer's frustrations about dealing with humans, let alone aliens, having merit, but too soon the episode becomes stock Star Trek of the dullest order. I would have preferred if the colony was still active and they didn't just want to be in contact and they just didn't want to be in contact with other humans because they see them as controlling. That would leave Archer in a role similar to the one that the Vulcans hold back on Earth and would make for an interesting drama. But no, we get regressed humans using annoying broken English. And I don't know why they blamed the colony's extinction on a meteor when it was clearly the result of their poor butchery practices that digger slaughterhouse looked like a chinese wet market what a load of old shale <laughs> yeah they're gonna get they're gonna get wiped out by a animal-born virus pretty soon yeah keeping your keeping your slaughtered meat in the dark dank cave is uh i assume asking for trouble with it neil brennan says you know it's uh, one thing that i i didn't i don't know if they were trying to do this there's the scene where reed is chasing the first novin he sees right through the woods mm-hmm. They have the sequence where they kind of like go down this little embankment where they have to hop over tree stumps and things like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't, th- I didn't get the impression that they were, I don't know what the point of that scene is other than you just want to show a chase. If you're not going to show that the, the Novans are much better at moving around on that planet, mm-hmm. you know, Reed, Reed kind of follows him exactly the same. Like he acts like a little, um, what's that? parkour guy like he, he's just yeah. as able to move around the forest as this novan is and it felt mm-hmm. like a missed opportunity to be like oh these people have been here for a while and now they move like sort of natives would around here and also you know malcolm that's his name right malcolm malcolm reed yeah malcolm reed malcolm reed uh he chases this guy through the woods on this planet they've never been to for like five minutes and then once he gets to the cave Archer and whoever else just like step in from off screen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they went, <laughs> I was like, how the hell did they find him so fast? But I guess, I guess he's got a tracker on or something, but it was still pretty funny. They, they, they fixed that by the end. They had a, I thought it was an unusual thing where uh, Archer tells Mayweather to go get some flashlights and then they cut to him. Apparently, you know, 20 minutes later, he's got them the flashlights and they, they go in. They're not, I, I just thought it was, it was weird to note that they're not carrying flashlights. It was kind of a strange Star Trek thing. You feel like they always have a flashlight when they go down somewhere. Neil Brennan, final comment. Terra Nova, the least horny episode by far, uh, so far, and this is devastating. Pretty. Intri- I don't know about that because those people procreated somehow, and there was how many kids could have there have been, you know? <laughs> Pretty intriguing setup devolves into workmanlike action finale. A nice hint of Archer being a bit of a fascist, though, with the it's their birthright shit. 
I did like the It's Their Birthright uh, line. I wish they had gone into that a little bit more, but that's more of our criticism from earlier. Thank you, patrons, for leaving your comments about Terra Nova. Uh, not a particularly great episode. I'm going to give this one a two out of five, I think. It fits fits neatly into my two rating, which is an episode with uh, a lot of problems that are holding things back, but it's not a terrible thing that is fundamentally flawed from the beginning. So I'll give it a two out of five. Yeah, I would agree on this one. It's going to be a two for me. It's... It's interesting how this show for me has it's it seems like they're bringing a lot of interesting concepts to the table but they they are ultimately I think it it falls into this feeling of it being very workmanlike because they bring some interesting concepts to the table but they ultimately don't add up to anything because nobody really is responding to them in the show. Yeah. It's just sort of like, well, the day's over, let's go have lunch. You know, it's 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 really strange to have you know, I've, I've I've said this in every episode so far, but it's really still really strange to me to have this setup of this is the first time Star Trek has done a lot of these Star Trekky things, and they just do them like they do them in all other Star Trek episodes. It's yeah. they don't take a minute to <clears throat> consider how this affects the characters, or or especially with a character like Archer, how this affects him and changes his mind about approach and stuff like that. I I'm. It, it, and and that and not doing that just really lends itself to kind of just going through the paces. Well, you because can, yeah, go ahead. I, I was just gonna say because he's the because he's the character ostensibly who is is the point of view character. Obviously, it's an ensemble, but it's like it's it's his show. It's Archer's show, and if he's not changing and he's not really responding and he's not registering what's happening, then I don't feel like the audience really does either. And that's what makes it feel so much like they're just going through the motions. I I wonder if they're when they were producing this, if if it's either just old muscle memory of this is how you write a Star Trek episode, or if it's something else where they're losing what they think is a Star Trek aspect to it. Like where um I wonder if they think that showing Archer and the crew being too um like being too much of learning what the ropes are, if that feels like it's not a Star Trek episode in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Like if they're if they're too sort of bumbling and learning their way and learning the ropes of everything, does that feel like it's a Star Trek episode? Because what it seems like is that they they hint at the setup of all of these episodes have hinted at the crew is unfamiliar with something and they're going to try to work out how this is going to work. The the thing is that their solutions always seem to be Archer sort of randomly stumbling into the right conclusion to something. Mm-hmm. And it's not, I feel like they're not making the mistakes that he would learn from effectively, or they're not showing, they're not portraying Archer as someone who makes a couple mistakes, but then sort of rectifies his mistake with the correct action in the middle, in the, right. at the, by the end right. of the episode. So you don't have this learning process that Archer goes through. And I just wonder if the show itself, if they're concerned that the crew can't be shown as incompetent because this is Star Trek. And not to say that that's incompetent, but that's a very different sort of tone from the 24th century Star Trek where everyone knows what to do. They just have to figure out how to get it done. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think <clears> – excuse me. Um, I I don't – I don't think – I think you can have those characters like on TNG. It's not like the characters – don't come away affected by the storyline that just happened. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, sometimes they do, but a lot of times they don't. Um, 
that was, that was a lot of backwards getting around what I'm trying to say. But, but they, they do come away being affected by what happens in the story quite often. Yep. And that doesn't make them look any more or less smart because they are these capable people who are having to make decisions that sometimes are outside their you know purview. And sometimes they make the wrong decision and sometimes they make the right decision. And either way, it tends to affect them as, as characters. And they do that on Deep Space Nine all the time. Yeah. So I – yeah, I don't know. It's just – it's so – like if you're not going to do that, if you're not going to have these things matter, then why use this setup of being a prequel where everybody's doing stuff for the first time if none of it is really going to affect your characters? Right. And I, I guess – I guess what I if I could if I would argue for the show, I would say that they probably think that they are showing you these initial setups and then showing you how the proper course of action was determined. I think that I think the I think the problem is like if you I think if you really wanted to embrace the concept of this show, a lot of the episodes have to end in mistakes or mm. tragedy almost where the like the the lessons that they're learning are for example in this episode causing people to suffer because you think you did the right decision shows me why starfleet would take something like the prime directive so seriously at that point because right. like this was right. clearly a mistake we can't do this anymore and but I, I i think that what's unsatisfying about it narratively is that if archer just realizes that without causing that kind of pain it's not nearly as effective as seeing the reasons as to why they came up with this rule, which is because it is to prevent the suffering that they initially caused when they didn't have the rule. Right, exactly. I mean, you know, see, I, that's 100% more effective. It's, it's, I just, like, I don't think that the show wants to have downer episodes to that frequency. You know what I mean? I'm not saying you have to have all yeah. the episodes be like that, but I think that they, they want to avoid that sort of, like, gee, the Enterprise crew just goes around torturing everybody that they run into. Yeah. And, well, you yeah. know, what's interesting, and I'm going to I'm gonna try and keep this in mind going forward, especially into season two, or at least starting in the back half of season one, depending on when they finish these episodes. I'm really interested to see how this show gets affected by uh, coming out post 9-11. Mm-hmm. Because these, these first few episodes were obviously shot before that. Um. And seasons two through four obviously shot after that. So I assume that there is going to be some of that cultural shift uh, visible through this show. And it's a really interesting show to to view that through. Like a uh, because oddly enough, like a post 9-11 Star Trek feels more like Star Trek Discovery to an extent mm-hmm. um, where it's it's all it's this big battle going on and it's it's really violent and you know because after 9-11 everybody and everything was torturing everybody um so I'm, I'm curious i'm interested to see how star trek changes if at all uh because of that stuff in this show yeah yeah it um the third season is that the show commenting on that kind of stuff. oh it is yeah oh, interesting yeah is that the one everybody likes People are very torn about the third season. Some people like it, some people don't. I think the fourth it's season the is the one that people one generally okay. like. Yeah, sure. Um, the th- the third season of the show, without having seen a lot of those episodes, is in a single serial arc across all twenty something episodes. Oh, really? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we're a little ways away from that, but I, I, that's pretty much it. Like I, 
I, I guess we can just wrap it up there. It's it's just that uh, whether or not the show wants to be that kind of like showing how lessons are actually learned, or if these humans are uh, human enough where they kind of talk to each other and they kind of have to think about what they want to do, but whether or not we want to actually show the downside of what they're doing. Mm. And I think that the show is struggling to balance those two things. Yeah, definitely. All right, guys, thank you very much for listening. Patreon.com slash The Penske File if you want to support the show. Otherwise, you can go to all the links down below at thepenskefile.com slash links. All the social medias are there. Clay, do you have anything you want to say before we go? A uh, new episode of Rotten Horror Picture Show comes out tomorrow when this is out, right? Uh, yes. Out this is, yes, this goes out Monday. Yep, so tomorrow. Yeah, so it comes out tomorrow. We're covering Ginger Snaps, which is a really fun Canadian werewolf movie from from 1999 or 2000. Um. Yeah. So check that out, and Badass Podcast should be back fairly soon. Ginger Snaps. I haven't seen Ginger Snaps. Uh, it's fun. It's it's a uh, it's a werewolf as uh, teenage female puberty mm-hmm. kind of th- thing, and it's uh, it's really it's really well done. It's like that. Uh, what was the, what was that other movie Teeth? Was that that movie? Yeah, it's it's I. Kind of, it's they don't get into exactly what teeth is about. I don't think, but uh, but yeah, it's it's uh it's it's a pretty interesting, pretty interesting uh, producing movie. It's a it's low budget, but it's it's they do a lot with the uh, the money that they had. All right, check it out. You can go to uh, thepenskefile dot com, and the shows are all there, so you can subscribe to Rotten Horror there. You can do all the Star Trek stuff and all that stuff. I think that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, we're back with the Andorian incidents is the next episode, Ooh. which uh, features Andorians in it, if you can believe it. Is is Jeffrey Combs in this one, or does he show up later? He is. Jeffrey Combs is the leader uh, yes. of these Andorians. So we meet another uh, Jeffrey Combs. Some people say that uh, his name is Shran, uh, Shran, I think. Shran is the uh, the best Combs role across all of his work in Star Trek. Interesting. So we'll say. Well, I, I've been playing Injustice 2 which is, I think, probably my favorite fighting game I've ever played. It's yep. awesome. And uh, he does the voice of Brainiac, which is very cool. <laughs> is he, he does a good job, Adam. Yeah, it's great. It, they, they've got like a, a, just, uh, you know, a vocal filter on, uh, so it's not super evident that it was him. But as I was playing it, I was like, man, that sounds a lot like Jeffrey Combs. And it, it is him. He, yep. does, he does a great job, yeah. Yep, Andorian Incident will be the next episode. Thank you guys very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Patreon.com slash file if you want to support the show. And otherwise, we will see you next time.